Are you ready to get out of your head and into the heart? Into the heart space, an intentional space for deep diving, heartfelt conversations, spiritual discussion, and conscious raising content. I'm Kelly Keith, and I'm so grateful to be here creating with you all. So let's get cozy into our hearts and rise together once again. Okay, listeners, I'm super excited for today's episode. Uh, We are recording live in Amsterdam um, in the bedroom of the guest of just this beautiful oasis, uh, really getting into the heart space and getting cozy. Today, I have Kuhn Ertz. Ertz? Yeah, Arts. Arts. Kuhn Arts. I can edit. And for the last eight years, Kuhn Arts playfully has found his way into performing arts an art form that is embodied by nature and only cultivated in praxis. He's based in Amsterdam and travels to Burns and events abroad where he's mastered interaction as tools to reach transformative potential in real time, making real space moments with the audience. Being invited to step into the reality of another being, his characters open up comfort barriers and create space to let people experience things that seemed unlikely before in a very playful way. Thank you so much for taking time and doing this. Sure, my pleasure. So we're going to get into so many different layers of the journey and what you bring to the world, but I always kind of like to start with just an overarching question of like, how did you end up here where you are right now doing what you're doing? I guess by following my heart. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, um, I just realized that I, what I like to do most in my life is playing, Mm. playing with people. And um, somehow I've managed to um, to make such an architecture of my life that I I can uh, allow myself now to to do that to play all the time. Um, basically, because I live really cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, because as an artist, it's always difficult, or for most artists, it's difficult to f- make a living yeah. uh, being uh, a creative. And um, yeah, I manage now to, to make my living by living cheap, and at the other hand, uh, doing what I like to do most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And doing what you like to do most is playing. It's playing. And with playing, I mean uh, performing at events. Um, and sometimes that is for as a gift when I'm performing at a burn event, for example. Um, and sometimes it's to also to earn money um, at commercial events. But actually, that's never really the goal. The goal mm-hmm. is more to uh, yeah to kind of uh, try to transform people or their conception of reality, their paradigm. Mm. And uh, that's my, uh, that's what drives me the most. And at the same time, you also have a lot of add-ons in a way. So Mm. it's also, it gives you a lot of power Mm. to perform um, because you, you are deciding what happens in this play that you are creating. Um, And that power feels really good. (laughs) 
Beautiful. And last night, um, you know, we got a chance to start to dive into this more. So I have a better idea of when you say playing and performing, like what that means. That's such like a vague term of like performance. Mm -hmm. Um, For those who are just tuning in and getting to know you for the first time and joining us in the circle whenever they do, um, could you kind of uncover that a little bit of like what it means for you and like performing and the different characters and like just kind of what that really means of what you've created as the architect of your life yeah for me um it means that i i crawl into the the skin of a persona Mm -hmm. an alter ego it can be like a futuristic uh, entity like mr vibes it could be a more 80s uh, motorcycle slash German porn star called Mr. Gasoline mm-hmm. uh, who drives around on his motorbike and gambles with people. Um, it could also be a really haute culture um, marquise of uh, Versailles um, who uh, walks around with two poodles on uh, in parks and uh, on festivals. Um, and so and and it's always uh, completely different what happens in in like the real time real space moment, but what uh, is always the same is that it's uh, based on interaction with the audience, mm-hmm. because for me it's not so interesting to just perform on a stage and let people uh, watch me. Um, I also want. Uh, like a certain risk myself Mm -hmm. so i want some uncertainty um, because else it's too boring for me Mm -hmm. and when you are interacting with people you never know what happens because you never know how the person will respond and of course there like over the years you 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 learn a lot of tools tools and ways to go about certain responses and often responses are kind of the same mm-hmm. like uh, very basic for example uh, fright uh, f- and freezing mm-hmm. and, um, and people trying to overdo you or top you in a way um, and then you you can create ways to to go about it um, so there is a, some kind of patterns in also how people respond but still it's always different mm-hmm. And uh, you never know what happens. So that makes it uh, also playful for me in that mm-hmm. sense. Beautiful. And like, as you're saying that of being able to read and observe people's responses to the different characters mm-hmm. and interactions, there's that element of seeing maybe like the fear responses that come up with like fight, fight or freeze, and then being able to navigate that. So I can see there like how there's a level of personal development that you bring to the table and like the transformation that you have with each person in interaction. And I'm curious of like when you're in that space and say someone does have a moment of like fright or freeze, what are ways that you do navigate that in a way of holding space in like a compassionate, loving way that you're able to guide them through to help them face that and then have that transformative experience? Yeah, it's a good question because I think that's the art form that I developed in the over the years. Mm. It's a kind of sensitivity for um, uh, a sensitivity to to guide people mm. in the right way through this 
uh, fears they, they have or the borders the, the comfort zones or their comfort borders uh, that we all put up uh, for ourselves and um, yeah I'm, I, I, I cannot really say how I do it I think it it has a lot to do with non-verbal com- communication <laughs> like the look in your eyes uh, the speed in which you approach somebody um, the the hand gestures you make um, and and that all com- combined makes if somebody feels safe enough to open up mm. and even when I, I look kind of scary like Mr. Gasoline looks pretty scary for some people um, then still I manage to to draw people in mm. most of the times and if not then they will probably not come near in the first place mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure if I answered your question yeah I think as you're saying that there's not spe- one specific answer of like how you do it's more just hiding holding that space and intuitively helping them navigate the fear and the the word resistance is coming up for me um when there's that resistance someone so say like with mr gasoline like Mm -hmm. they've been drawn to there's a magnetism there so clearly whether they're like conscious of it or not the way i perceive it is they've been called there because Mm -hmm. there's something they need to work through to grow and transform um and so maybe they're there but then that resistance comes up yeah I'm curious of how helping someone break through that Mm. for someone maybe for like who's listening if they're not having the in-person experience with you but they're able to as they're listening to this they're having this idea of like something that they've been pulled to and they know they want to stretch and they want to grow but they're feeling a resistance maybe something that can help to break through that resistance that you've done through your space holding yeah it's a really different uh really difficult zone Mm. because um it also has to do with consent mm. and as a performer I'm deciding a kind of the consent mm. in that moment because when I when I invite somebody to step over a certain border and sometimes I even push them a little bit then I decide that I can push them to do it mm. um, and then I think as long as it comes from good intentions and a good place uh, that little push is allowed or mm. I think it's allowed um, because uh, yeah afterwards people will realize that that they experienced something new mm. and uh, and most of the time something they like mm. and and also when they maybe don't really like it then I'll be always uh, available afterwards to to be there for them mm. But I, uh, it, it didn't really happen until now that somebody came to me like, hey, I really, I really didn't like this or that. But maybe, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure, of course, because there's not always a evalu- like integration moment after I mm. did a show, like a kind of meet and greet with uh, the <laughs> performer. Um, so yeah, if you're listening right now and you, uh, you remember this moment where you, uh, had, you bumped into Mr. Gasoline or Mr. Vibes <laughs> or one of the other 15, then feel free to contact me and talk about it. Amazing. And I want to get into these characters and like all 16 of them. Uh, but first I'm so curious of having that for the first time, 
that like you like fully remember someone saying hey I didn't enjoy this like did your ego take a hit like what was your process of response to that um just for some vulnerability well I never I never got this direct uh, response that somebody came to me so one time I heard afterwards that somebody went to a specific organization to tell them, hey, what happened? I didn't like that. Mm. But then for me, it was not really sure if I did it or another performer or uh, and what was the the dialogue or the, the mm-hmm. thing about. <coughs> and, um, and then there was also not an effort by the organization to, to kind of get us in contact or in touch. Um, and sometimes I just question myself uh, because I'm 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 kind of active in the Burning Man community as well, and their consent is uh, also really a, a prevalent uh, discussion and issue. And um, I want to do things ethically. Uh, <laughs> that's that's serious. I want to do things ethically. Ethically, ethically, yeah. Ethically, and um, uh, so I, uh, so this consent thing was a a question mark for me as well. Like, how how do I go about it? And um, and then, for example, I have this performance where I'm the bounty hunter, and uh, then I I find a piece of kettle in the audience, and then I I take uh, her or him with me on my lasso and eventually uh, the person ends up on my saddle like a country western saddle in the middle of the, uh, the space and and then I, uh, I light up a cigarette and then I uh, hold the cigarette in front of the mouth of the person like take a sip and then there was this girl who didn't want to take a sip of the cigarette which is fine for me, but still, I hold it there. And then by the kind of social pressure that was going on, by people uh, um, cheering, uh, she eventually did smoke. Although she probably didn't uh, want to in the first place. So she still made the, um, uh, she still made the decision herself. But... Yeah, but off a little it, bit it, of a pressure. It felt a little bit like under pressure, and I wasn't completely sure. Like, hmm, is this consensual? Mm. And uh, it's it's not. It's an innocent example, I think, mm. but still um, interesting. And then, um, uh, yeah, afterwards, she she really liked the the whole thing and and was completely fine. Um, and I also uh, decided that it yeah eventually she took the she took the um, the sip of the cigarette and uh and also people are always responsible themselves to to say no mm. um but yeah it's uh it's a thin line because there is also social uh dynamics going like happening mm. um that kind of makes the the responsibility of people different in a way because there is peer pressure and you know like it's not so easy to just say like yeah you can always say no yeah 
like that's something where in these different communities and like the burning community and like at the get down at the house of yes like the house of yes is big on like everything has to be consensual and like you know for those that don't know the house of yes is an amazing place in in uh, brooklyn that has incredible events and a bit of tab they touch on taboo um but being in the burning community we're talking about like consent and then also the other you know ways of living and moving forward that just in our short time of you know spending much time together the radical honesty has been coming up quite a bit as well um would you be able to touch on moving forward with mutual consent kind of i know these are big topics so we can just kind of like you know, like just like power like points of them but like of how to navigate relations and experiences from a space of mutual consent and like allowing people to stay in their power of that and then like touching on radical honesty and what that means for you do you mean um while performing or in my life i would love to hear how you look at those as different as well well when i'm performing then um i i just decide for myself that there is mutual consent Mm -hmm. because i um i think i develop this kind of sensibility that i can feel if a person gives me consent Mm -hmm. or not and if it would be too um tricky for me then i wouldn't do something or i would do something different so where for example mr vibes is this guy from planet vibranus or guy it's an entity more uh and he has a a fishbowl on his head he kisses people with the fishbowl so it's intimate and at the same time it's not because there's plastic in between Um, but he's also vibrating everywhere so his costume is vibrating Um, so it's really it can be really intense for people to feel a vibrator in the first place because normally that's something that is for a lot of people just in the drawer of uh, next to the bed and and then you are in this public space and you feel this vibrator by uh, some kind of uh, futuristic alien and you're like completely freaked out Um, and then uh, yeah because i move really slow um and i'm i'm kind of creating a a play where i i am this entity who is really curious to meet the humankind Mm. and just wants to be loved um i invite people also to get into this play and to open up in that sense and then i would feel that it's okay or not and if it's okay then i i could for example touch the person not only on the shoulder with my vibrating uh globe but maybe also a little bit lower to a more intimate zone like the the thighs for example um but if i would see that that is too much for the person i wouldn't go there Mm. so i can adjust in the moment like what i can do and what i cannot Sometimes there are also um, really machismo, hetero uh, guys uh, that don't want to, uh, to have anything to do with this mm-hmm. uh, alien guy who is vibrating and who's clearly too much <laughs> to handle. And then, um, yeah, sometimes they, they push me away or they, uh, they, they're not so nice. Mm-hmm. And then um, there is a, 
sometimes a little bit of ego involved in myself because then sometimes I do kind of touch them somewhere just to push to to push them a little bit and then I'm gone you know but to to say like hey um I touched you anyway (laughs) (laughs) um but uh yeah I also respect people that if they if I see that they really don't like something that then I don't have to push them Mm -hmm. it's also um yeah i also like like it when people are open to experience something new Mm. and if they are hesitant then that's fine and then i can try to maybe push them a little bit over the line Uh, but then i have the the sense that they still want it Mm. in somewhere and when i have the idea that they really don't want it and they really don't appreciate what i'm doing then for me it's also less interesting to give them my gift, so to mm. say, to to kind of take them along in this uh, alternative reality. Mm. Um, and then radical honesty. Yeah, so most of my performances are uh, non-verbal, mm. so I don't, uh, in that sense, um, I'm yeah, radical honesty for me is uh, really verbal. Uh, maybe I am honest in the way that I, that I, um, uh, present my other egos. Mm. So I could be completely naked, for example. And yeah, that's kind of, uh, yeah, there's nothing to hide then, or at least not on a, a f- in a physical sense. Um, and yeah i'm not so sure yeah it's cool we're like it's kind of bringing me back to the conversation we were having last night um we were having we had a cacao ceremony and then we were just like chatting and diving into these things where it sparked we're like okay let's record this episode of that idea like the radical honesty and how there's that duality happening of these alter egos are allowing a space for you to like open up parts of yourself that want to be expressed, but then also being able to have that like disconnect of like wearing the masks, if you will, like how these different alter egos are masks. And it really touched me in exploring my own desire for acting and these different characters I want to play for like self-discovery and being able to see how that allows me to evolve more in myself, in my development. But then also it was interesting when you were talking of like how it can also create like a barrier. And so like, if we could just dance in that and it can be like conversational too, you know, like, and just like what that, that process has yeah. been realizing that. Yeah. So, um, when I'm, when I'm, uh, when I'm wearing a mask, then I'm not myself. And so, you mean the, the different characters yeah, you play so, as I'm wearing a mask? Yeah, it can be a character, but it can also be just in normal life where you are in a business setting and you want to, um, you want people to see you as the the business guy or the mm. businesswoman and and you are putting in that kind of uh persona of yourself mm. that's uh, that part of yourself uh which is maybe different than how you behave when you are with your family right mm. so um when i'm talking about a mask it's it's not only um like a really clear mask that i use when i'm doing a show or a perfor- uh, performance but it can also be something in daily life. Um, and and I see a mask as not 
not completely honest. Mm. At least it's not completely showing the being that is behind the mask, which is me. Um, and at the same time, it is also showing a part of me, mm. the mask. Um, and so it's a, it's a really, it's almost contradictionary, contradictory. Mm. Um, so can you maybe make the, the question a little bit more explicit? Because I, I, I'm lost a little bit. Sure. I think it, this is just such a like complex kind of way of expanding and looking at the different masks that we do wear, you know, and seeing in our day-to-day life, like, are we staying completely authentic with ourselves in every space that we're at? Like, I know for me, doing the work of showing up 100% me with family is now my way. You know, like where I don't wear a mask. I'm completely, this is what I'm up to. This is what I'm doing. Like, you know, my mom sometimes is still like too much. Like I'll, I'll share if I had a new partner. I had a thing. I'm just like, mom, it was great. You know, like, because I wanted to be able to be 100% myself wherever I go. Mm-hmm. And I can see where there's different spaces that I'm still wearing a mask in different more. The professional settings will be like going into like a corporate space versus this and be like, oh, how do I share my gifts in a way that fits a mold? Um, And so I think this topic of how different characters and masks that we're wearing on a day-to-day exploring that is really valuable and really important here and how how can we use these and the characters and realizing the mask we wear, how can we like use this as a tool rather than it being like, wow, I'm being fake, like, wow, I'm not being 100% who I am and not going into criticizing ourselves, but seeing this just as a way that we've been built in society. It's just what we've come to know as a defense mechanism. How can we use this process more to break down the barriers in our ego and transform through it to come back more into our authentic selves? Yeah, well, I can tell you how it uh, went for me a little bit. So um, until my 25th, I didn't really realize the whole patterns of putting on masks. Mm. Um, At my 25th, my father died. And then my brother and me, we decided to, um, yeah, to work on the relationship with her mom, which was not really good because, um, yeah, she was the only one, she's the only one left. Um, And then we went into therapy with the three of us. And there I learned a lot about uh, my patterns Mm. uh, in my life and also the pattern of uh, putting on the masks and um, hiding behind the mask by not showing my emotions or not daring to show my emotions, playing a diplomat, the role of diplomat all the time in my family. Um, But how I, uh, what I did uh, get from um, all the masks that that I had created before was that um, a mask allows you to to be someone else in that moment. Mm. Um, So it also takes away a little bit the responsibility. You feel yourself um, for the identity that you created for yourself. So when I am uh, a certain persona, I'm not Kuhn anymore. Mm. So I can do whatever I like and I wouldn't feel uh, responsible for it myself. So if I would be, um, I don't know, if I would be naked and 
pouring uh, yogurt over myself and then uh, kind of uh, laying in the yogurt and rubbing myself with yogurt um, and it would tell a certain story of a certain character mm. uh, then I would uh, be completely fine with it and I would enjoy it uh, as crazy because it's super nice to to it lay in yogurt nice. and <laughs> sounds really enjoyable. everybody <laughs> looking at you <laughs> actually as you say I'm like hmm, I um so then uh and then you realize like ah i can be this yogurt guy laying around it is possible Mm. (laughs) i don't have to take life so seriously Mm. um and then at the same time uh, yeah then after 10 minutes later i showered and then i'm back being cool and and then you realize that people are not really acting acting really differently to you as before Mm. often they're even really excited or interested so um all the fears that i might have before like oh how will people look at me Mm. or what will they how they would will they judge me Uh, afterwards often it's um completely uh opposite to to what i like the dark ideas that i had Mm. and it's it just seems or um not seems but uh turns out to be a lot more positive the reactions and responses that's really powerful yeah i'm thinking about another example maybe um yeah so i also sometimes i'm a princess or merlin manho yeah and um so then I, I I wear dresses and uh, and wigs and I'm uh, I feel like a woman. Mm-hmm. I don't really see it as drag somehow because uh, it's not really that I try to uh, try to be uh, or try to play a woman. I just feel like a woman at that moment. Mm. And um, and I discovered such a big part of myself being a woman, mm. being a princess, and uh, and and allowing myself to to portray this side of myself and to to live it. Uh, that was a really big relief. Mm. And then also by doing it. Um, and realizing that the responses of people or close friends were uh, not at all as I thought they would be. Like, I, I come from this hetero world, playing rugby and kickboxing. And mm. and there, you know, it would be uh, super weird if you would, would dress up as a woman. Mm. Uh, you would be gay straight away. Mm. Um, and I didn't want to be known as this gay guy, right? right? But uh, then I did it, and people didn't see me as a gay guy. <laughs> so it was like it's it's also about how you. Um, it's all about frames and how mm. like people can people can frame you, like hey, this is you're you're cool and the gay guy, but. Um, if you don't step into the frame of these other people, 
then it doesn't work you know mm. yeah you don't uh, get along with it or something maybe it's easy for me to say um but uh, for, yeah for mm. me it works this way it's i think like in a way you're blazing a trail for people to see maybe it's not going to be in such a you know bold is the word that comes through of like you know creating these extravagant characters and performing in front of an audience right now but that reoccurring you know frame of maybe I want to try doing something different or just doing my life a different way the stories that we can tell about what's everyone going to think is you know are people going to approve of it if I decide to do something different or just change you know we live in a world where people are so scared to change Mm. just anything about themselves you know it's the like story i I'm what I'm hearing and like seeing is like that reassurance of like people, especially those that really love you and know who you are at your core, are excited for the transformation. They're excited for evolution and seeing different parts. And that fear that could be lingering around of like, oh, I can't change or show a different part of myself or like be another part of who I am can be released. And like it's what I'm hearing. And if that's, you know, not right, please let me know. Like, the more that you go into these experiences and push your your own boundaries it's not for other people you're pushing your own boundaries of what wants to come through and be playful in and find yourself the more and more you're realizing that it's well received because people are just receiving you for the essence of what what you bring and it's not so much tied to the identities that you've been known for is that that yeah it does ring a bell um and it's true that um that I permit myself to do a lot of things that I wouldn't do as Kuhn mm. by being an alter ego. Um, so, a uh, little example. I, uh, I was at um, the Barcelona Burn. And there I met this uh, couple. I was, by the way, I was um, at that moment Lily La Coquinette. Okay. And Lily La Coquinette is a princess. Um, dressed in pink a really nice beautiful pink dress pink parapluie and um, and she has uh, braids she wears braids and um, I was also at that moment high on LSD Mm -hmm. and um, and I was listening to beautiful live music and uh, and there was a couple sitting next to me and this this guy he had a a really big mustache he looked like ron jeremy okay and the girl uh, was years younger like he was somewhere in the 40s and she was maybe just 20 and she had a collar so i was uh, interested in this relationship like hmm, why does she wear a collar Mm -hmm. so i asked them and it turned out they had a twenty four seven BDSM uh, relationship or dominant sub relationship, and I wanted to know all about it. So then, um, well, we started a conversation, and and at a certain point, uh, I asked her like, "So, what is these? What are these punishments about? Uh, like, can you give an example?" And then she said, "Well, I, I had, I recently had a piece of ginger up my bum." wow how does it feel mm. and then she uh, she said well you're on a burn i think you um you can only experience it your experience it yourself 
I could imagine that it would burn. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I felt like mm, that's weird. <laughs> and at the same time, I was Lily La Coquinette. Mm-hmm. So Lily La Coquinette has a kind of big mouth. So Lily said, well, bring it on. And then I'm not really expecting uh, that she would actually Be right. go for it. She went to the kitchen and she came back with a really big piece of ginger. <laughs> and um, and then this guy, he already unfolded his, uh, his knife. And he started to sculpt a butt plug out of the, the ginger. And I was like, ha, la, 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 well, bye-bye, <laughs> I'm going. So you escaped the ginger butt plug? I escaped the ginger butt plug. <laughs> and then Lily did, anyway. Lily did, yeah. But at the same time, uh, somewhere, somehow, it it it, it was it stuck in it got stuck in my mind mm. um, because every time when I um, I see the possibility of a new chapter of the book of my life, mm. then I want to write it, and especially when it's a chapter that feels really scary. And it's a kind of terrain that I haven't um, seen before. Then um, I'm more eager to explore. Um, So at a certain point I was uh, standing on the balcony because inside it was super hot. And then I looked down and there was the couple again with the butt plug in their hand. And (laughs) looking at me like, we're coming for you. (laughs) I was like, la la la, inside again. And um, and then they came for me, and um, and I was sitting there with a bunch of girls uh, somewhere on a like in a top floor, top room somewhere. And um, and then I asked the girls like, yeah, well, this is a situation. Um, I'm supposed to have a, a ginger butt plug in my ass, and as we are on a burn, um, everything is possible. But I not I'm not sure if if this is the right moment, right mm. time here with you all. Um, because the girl asked me like, do you, Lily, do you want to make it a public event or a private one? And uh, I didn't really know. Mm. So I, I felt like, well, I'll just throw it in the group, make it a dialogue. <laughs> and then the girls are, some girls are really freaked out and like, what the fuck is this kind of question? Uh, be normal. So I was like, oh, okay. That's not really like the burnt spirit, mm-hmm. maybe, but um, I respected their uh, uh, yeah, Battery, I re- yeah, I respected it. So we uh, went to another room and we talked some more, and then I told the girl like, okay, maybe it's better to make it a kind of splinter cell, crouching tiger, hidden dragon moment, where uh, where you did just flop it in on the dance floor or something, <laughs> like double oh seven. And um, and then we went to the dance floor and it was a silent disco and we danced a little bit. And then I felt like, mm, get on with it. So I took her by the hand and we went to the fucking tent. And there I uh, I laid down on my belly. And, uh, and in the fucking tent, everything is provided. There's lube there. Well, uh, nothing missing. So um, there she sl- she gently slided in. And at the same time, she was asking me uh, if, if she could touch my cock. And I didn't 
feel sexual that whole weekend because I had a cold sore on my lip. So I couldn't really connect with people. I couldn't share anything with people. Mm. No sharing of drinks, no sharing of a joint, Mm. no sharing of nothing. So I felt a little bit kind of uh, alone and disconnected. So it was really, um, yeah, really uh, exciting to have this really attractive girl touching my cock for a moment <laughs> and then sliding in the butt plug uh, the ginger plug and um, and then the the knickers went on again I put my dress over it and went back on the dance floor with my high heels and uh, we did some bumping and grinding which was really uh, exciting because I never uh, danced with the butt plug <laughs> How was the ginger component? Well, in, at first it was it was just uh, yeah, n- like just like a, a normal butt look, I guess. But after five minutes, it started burning <laughs> hell. <laughs> and after ten minutes, I uh, I really couldn't hold it anymore. And then the DJ put in a song with "Burn It Down, Burn It Down." <laughs> <laughs> so that was my cue, and then I uh, I went to the toilet and I. Uh, I put it out, but I um <laughs> to to come to the the clue of the story, um I I think I wouldn't have uh done this adventure mm. not being Lily Lacoquinet mm. because I had to kind of live up to my idea of this um, naughty princess mm. that I was playing, mm. and she allowed me to go there and to have this adventure. While uh, as school, I probably wouldn't have done it mm. because I would f- would have felt not like uh, feminine enough in a way. Mm. I don't I don't mean to say that it's a feminine thing to put something in your ass, but for me, it helped to get in uh, into a more kind of submi- submissive role in a way. Totally. Yeah. Hmm. Amazing. That's the idea, like being able to put ourselves in this new experiences and like redefine like who we are who are we in these moments and like how are we showing up I love that like especially like travel like when you like go into a new place it's like okay cool like how am I choosing to show up in these new chapters as you're saying like cool it's a new chapter who who am I in this like mm-hmm. what am I going to be and like being able to re-identify who we are and like what parts of ourselves are coming out to play is always really fun um so I love that and I wanted to ask last night, but I was like, let me wait because I want to hear it. Like, I'm so curious of your creative process of allowing these alter egos to come to life. If that's something that is premeditated, if they just come through, like, what does that process look like for you of an alter ego birthing itself here into the physical? Mm, there's not, uh, again, it's not, there's not one trick that does the job. Mm. Um, it's always really different. So, for example, with Mr. Gasoline, it started with a motorcycle suit, uh, kind of 80s motorcycle suit that I saw in a vintage store. I bought it. Then I always wanted uh, to have a motorcycle because I thought it was cool to drive a motorcycle and to have a feeling of freedom. So I got my driver's license and then I... uh, yeah, I bought a motorbike, um, which was obviously the same c- 
colors as my suit because it has it had to match. <laughs> and then I, uh, when my father died, I um, I went into therapy. I did uh, an ayahuasca ceremony, the whole cliche thing. And I uh, I got the message like, Kun, just do whatever the fuck you want to do right now." So I quit my job and I saved up some money and I invested a lot of like all my savings into this motorbike to make it the gasoline bar. And then I, uh, yeah, I, I went on tour uh, with this kind of street theater show around the motorbike because I thought, how can I combine what I like to do most in my life, traveling, um, feeling connected while traveling, like not being a tourist, um, performing, playing with people, and well, driving a motorcycle is also, well, it's not something I like the most in my life, but it's also enjoyable. enjoyable. Yeah. Um, so combining those things, it was really obvious to, to create a performance around the motorbike. And then when you, when I, uh, sometimes when I, uh, do a vipassana meditation or when I smoke a joint I get super creative and I cannot sleep and then I'm kind of thinking and thinking and thinking and then uh, these ideas just pop up and I think like ah oh, motorbike oh, what kind of things I can do with it uh, there's fluids uh, there's motor oil there's gasoline ah gasoline could be gasoline gives uh, energy so uh, it could be an energy drink Ah, uh, but then it has to be an organic energy drink because I don't want uh, Red Bull. Um, okay, I can get the energy drink from my friends who make this uh, Guayusa stuff. Um, but there should be a game, um, a bar, uh, shots. All right, a bar needs a gambling machine, so I need a little gambling machine. It has to fit in the in the case of the motorbike. It has to be a mini gambling machine. Is there a mini gambling machine? Ah, yeah, there are some vintage mini gambling machines on eBay. Cool. Uh, let's get one. Um, customize it. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, then it, it just... So there's not really a preconception of how it is supposed to be. I've learned that just by doing, things come along. So, for example, also with this Mr. Gasoline thing, it started as just a routine with the gambling. And then I uh, noticed that it did not really work to let people put something like money in uh, in my in the hole of the gambling machine because it doesn't really earn the money that it's that yeah. it all costs. It's, it is not really a, a big return on investment, so it's not um, money-wise. It's not really uh, helping. And also, it's the thing people know. They know that they have to put something like money in a gambling machine. Mm. So the moment when you say that money is not allowed and they have to put something from the heart, then people get confused. and They don't know what to do anymore. Mm. So that's way more interesting. So just by, you know, like this simple revelation, seeing that, you know, putting in the money is not really working and then trying something different changes the whole uh the whole act already mm. the whole um performance and then i had this uh i brought this um for example this chain like a red blue white chain the 
colors of Mr. Gasoline and the bike are red, blue, white. And then um, it, the chain was really long and I used it first to kind of create a barrier where people could stand around. But then at a certain point, um, yeah, I touched the chain and I feel like doing some bondage with, with, with the chain. And then a moment later, I feel like, oh, I can also do some core jumping with the chain. So in the, in, like in the performance, I do a lot of improvisation. Mm -hmm. I just do whatever the, what comes to my mind. And then you get to know new routines that you can use mm -hmm. in the in the performance as well. So there's never like a, a prefixed thing. Sometimes there is, I make a sketch for the costume, for example, like I, I have a certain idea about how something w should look. Or as you see here in my room, I have a lot of wigs. Mm -hmm. So that obviously is going to be a princess. Mm -hmm like Marie Antoinette or something. Um, but what she will do, I don't know yet. And then, so I had also this other like uh, white wig like that. It's a little bit like a lucky. Is, is it that the word in English as well? Lucky? Mm. Lucky. Mm. It's like the, um, when royalty is driving their carriage, there are always these servants okay. beside with the white hair. What's the name? I don't know the name. Ah. Anyway, um, so I'm, I created this guy, Monsieur Chocolat, okay. and he's a laquais, and he, um, and it was actually because I had that, that wig, and I had to do something with chocolate, so I thought, well, he can be a servant, and a servant has a, a waiting board. This is the first character I learned of when I met you. You had done yeah. it that weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> and then the waiting board can be a chocolate fountain, mm -hmm. so then it kind of comes together. Cool. There's one thing where you said in there of, like, it's not, it's that process of just starting to do and the rest like unfolds, mm -hmm. but being able to do where it's not always having a complete pre-plan. It's just having that vision of like the starting point. It's kind of, I always use the reference of like the breadcrumbs on mm -hmm. like the scavenger hunt, like just having the idea and just starting to take the steps and then we'll figure out the understandings on the other side. Mm -hmm. um, I'd love to, I love to give people some tangible actions that they can take if they're feeling inspired from this episode of how can they start to like rocket themselves in a transformation right now um and so if someone wanted to begin to play with like an alter ego or they wanted to just start to play with this concept of transformational work in this way is there any advice that you would give of some like really like tangible grounded you know yeah ideas that they could use i think um it's it's really easy mm. because there are and that's a kind of the the struggle uh, a lot of performers have is there's so much um, going on like festivals, events where uh, the organizers ask uh, people to just do something creative mm -hmm. for free or for free drinks or for tickets. Um, and for professional performance, that's a kind of shit mm -hmm. because it takes away kind of your your job and also the appreciation for real professional performance uh, and at the same time if you want to start it's great because then you can go to a party for free um, maybe have free drinks have a backstage and do a nice performance mm -hmm. and, and play with it cool. and like, develop it what if someone didn't even want to do this like for like a job or anything like there may be someone who's listening to this mm -hmm. that it's just for because i see the power 
in like the transformative work of them just like cool just creating a character and maybe going out on a day and going to like a place that like no one will know them and like playing a character or mm. like this process of like tuning in and like maybe road mapping you mean without the planning of writing to a festival like hey i want to do something right and i mean maybe they'll go to a yeah. festival and that's where they're going to play out this character but for someone where i love to give like very grounded mm. very like simple like actions that someone could like hang up this episode right now but yeah. you know what i'm gonna make an, a care i'm gonna make a character yeah, and explore that part of me so um for a burn would be a perfect place for mm -hmm. example to just do it and to to try things out for i think it would be really nice to look around you um like what kind of clothes costumes props do you have or do you cherish that you would like to use in in a performance or in a in an outfit so maybe you are really into origami mm. and maybe that's your hobby do something with origami make some really nice origami kisses or birds and be uh, a birdie girl mm. and giving people uh, origami mm. things or um maybe you uh you are really into electronics and building electronic stuff mm. then maybe you can make a nice um tool uh to um i don't know to make nice sounds mm. and give people a little soundscape experience um it could be really simple mm. you just don't make it too too difficult keep it really simple and start playing and and find out if you also uh, like what you're doing because that's the most important thing mm. maybe sometimes it turns out that ah this is not for me mm. and then it's just a fantasy love um, that yeah cool and have you ever had a character or like an alter ego come out that like you went and express and then you're like mm, actually no that one can go to rest yeah cool you don't have to <laughs> Yeah, I once yeah. Uh, I I was a a dentist assistant. Okay. With a really big uh, toothbrush. Okay. And then I would fall in love with the toothbrush, and then eventually I would kind of come with toothpaste on my face. Okay. <laughs> like a bukake <laughs> dentist thing. Um, but I didn't really like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I well, I didn't done on that. That was I had to go. <laughs> the 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 thing behind it was that there is a Dutch, a really famous Dutch song. Okay. Uh, it's called uh, the Tandartsassistenten. Hmm. Like it's altijd lente bij de uh, in de ogen van de Tandartsassistenten. It's altijd lente. And it's a, it is a really famous song. Everybody knows it. So well, I'll I put it, it in the show notes. Y'all, I'll have you share it with me and I'll put it in the show notes so people can enjoy it and think of this moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and a lot of the transformational work that you provide and then also just like in spaces you hold, I know it's a lot of helping people embrace sexuality and be more comfortable with sexuality. And you have, which... We haven't talked about it too much, which I'm excited for, um, but this other platform and project that you have been building of I Am Sexuality, um, I would love if you wanted to share anything that, like, what that is for you and, like, the importance of it. And Yeah. yeah. So, um, sexuality is a, 
a tool I use in my performances because it's a really easy tool to get people out of their comfort. Mm. And then I actually call it semi-sexuality because I almost never really get to sexual, really sexual stuff. Um, so, but I do use all the connotations we have with it and we have with pornography and sexuality to kind of get people a little bit out of their, their comfort. Mm -hmm. It's just an easy tool. Um, and it's, it's also easy to get people in a giggling state. Mm -hmm. Um, because also everybody likes it eventually, or most people at least. Um, and because I, uh, yeah, in my performances, but also in the, the work I did beside my performances, I worked at a television show, um, creating a program about, uh, sex and drugs, like an educative program for teenagers, it's, uh, called shoot up and swallow, spout and slicken. And there I uh, I created items and um, because I did this job and also the performances, um, people from the Ten Club, it's a members club in Amsterdam for people who are curious to anything that life has to offer. Mm. Um, they asked me if I could, if I wanted to carry the, the platform, the I'm Sexuality platform, build it out and create events uh, where people are invited to explore their sexuality mm. and uh, sensuality, intimacy um, in a safe space. So there I organize sex talks. It's a lecture and discussion evening about every time a different sexual topic and intimate encounters. And that is a, a practical exploration mm. where you uh, where we start with the opening ceremony where you meet people non-verbally um, and then you can do a workshop and then there's a cuddle space and you can go also to a next level. So it's more about intimacy and sensuality. And then only, uh, only on the top floor, you can also explore further mm. in the Kundalini space. Mm -hmm. And that's the, the, the room that I host. And there you can, it's a kind of play room where every 20 minutes there will be a gong and there will be uh, a meditation to self-connect again. So mm. you, at that moment, when you hear the gong, you stop what you're doing. So when you're inside somebody, you go outside of each other. And then you go, you turn inwards, and you feel like, hey, am I still aroused? Am I aroused in my body? Is it in my mind? Is it more like mm. a fantasy? Do I still feel connected to the person in front of me? Do I want to keep that connection? or not and then mm. at a certain point you open your eyes again and you're not yes I want to continue or no it's okay like this and then uh, and then I hit the gong again and there's 20 minutes of joy ahead mm. of us wow um, so yeah I, I think it's a really important uh, thing because sexuality is still such a taboo and also in in the Netherlands it seems that um, that it gets more and more restricted again mm. like we we came from the sexual revolution blah blah a lot of um open spaces the red light district uh, but now it's it seems that things are kind of closing mm. again um why do you think that is um i think because we live in a world where uh, connection is uh, less and less appreciated mm. in a way or maybe not appreciated but 
um, because our world is getting so digitalized mm. and you can see you know like with tinder and grinder and, and, and uh, dating pro profiles it's not really about true connection anymore it's mm. not that, uh, that you go in in a, in a shop and and you meet somebody spontaneously because everybody's watching their phones mm. uh, on like swiping for to meet somebody like the the intention is still there but um, we we lost a kind of the the ways how to do it mm. in a in a more human Organic way, way yeah, yeah. Um, so I think it's really important to to yeah explore intimacy more and more mm. and to create a safe space where that is possible and and I try to do that by having a phone call with everybody that wants to buy a ticket for mm. example and um, and also having principles and values that that are clear to everybody um, and this helps a lot yeah so what I would like to um, uh, to share is that because this is hard space mm-hmm. um, what makes me most happy in my life is to be able to create my life just how I want it and I can be whoever I want to be and uh, these performances and alter egos that I create they help me with it so I've in this way I found my way to to create my own reality temporarily and also continuously and um, it is possible what is important for me though is to uh, live a really cheap life and don't um, attach too much to materialist things um, because also I, I found out I realized that I can have a really rich life without having all those materialist things around me so I I invest more in social uh, value instead of uh, materialist value so I could still drive uh, a Lamborghini I would just meet a person that has a that drives a Lamborghini <laughs> and I will be friends and uh, and create wonderful events together or whatever and um and it will be possible um so there's yeah and and for me this gives me the most freedom Mm. to also do what i like to do um it's i think just thinking out of the box but yeah that's that sounds like a cliche as well but there's something to certain cliches that like truth is truth and that's something that I appreciate like it like thinking out of the box of like what we've been put into society of like what the norm is like all the good stuff's on the on the other side of it like it's being boxed in and being able to create maybe it's not thinking outside of the box but experiencing outside of the box because you first have to live it before you will understand it and know it I love that I love that so just do it yeah full permission permission granted to do what you really truly want um thank you so much for us spending some time this afternoon doing this and being a part of this baby and uh sharing your beautiful light and and gifts with the world 
Yeah, yeah. thank you all for listening. So, uh, everyone, just do it. <laughs> yeah, but it has to come from a good place. Good yeah. intention. And as always, please uh, you know, be you, be true, and stay beautiful, everyone. And we'll see you next episode. All right, Starshines, that wraps up another episode of Into the Heart Space. As always, thank you for your presence and for your love and for being all that you are. For more information about what we're up to, if you want to explore working more with me one-on-one, whether that's Reiki healing, learning Reiki, or exploring any other you know, higher consciousness content that's being pumped out there, feel free to check out at heartspace.co or come over and say hello to me personally on Instagram at I am Kelly Keefe. I will see you next time. And as always, be you, be true, and stay beautiful. I love you so, so, so much. Ciao, ciao.